Mana 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 this is Social Disgusting. Welcome to Social Disgusting, a podcast where my guests and I discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves. I am Brandon, aka Brandon. Hope you're well. My guest has gone from fan to drop submitter to employee, and he's risen through the ranks of Doughboysdom to become the associate producer of the excellent podcast Doughboys, and he's the co-host of the podcast Gentleman Overlords. Some know him as the Drop King, others Robert Persinger. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. I it's, really it's appreciate it. It's a pleasure. It. Thank you. So the, uh, I mean, we talked for a minute before this, so it feels weird to go into like official serious mode. No, no, no. This is the first time we've spoken. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. And it's, I'm pronouncing right. Robert, correct? Right? Correct. <laughs> uh, yeah. The easy to ask, difficult to answer, ever loaded question. How are you? Oh man, doing all right. You know what? I have a lot to I have a lot to be thankful for, even with everything else going on, um, including a new kitten. Oh, nice. What what name is this kitten? Uh, he is named McCready because we adopted him on um, John Carpenter's birthday, and nice. McCready is uh, the character from The Thing, which is a movie that uh, my wife and I dearly love. So figured uh, the the stars aligned on that one. That's nice. That's one of my favorite movies. That movie is so, so good. Like that and Big Trouble in Little China. I mean, honestly, even even Ghost of Mars. Even his middling ones have yeah. some interesting stuff going on. I he's Carpenter is a is a legend. Yeah, he's a true I mean, just to be able to well, write, direct, produce, and then the music as well. Yes. I mean it, he truly is an auteur. Mm-hmm. So I did want to ask you, I know you're in Washington. Yes. Which from a COVID standpoint, that was kind of the first outbreak is that true? You know that might have been. <laughs> are you blaming me? Um, <laughs> no, there's a. There were some nursing homes, I believe, that were the okay. first to get some some uh, the, the maybe the first strain. Yeah, I believe so. I want to say that you know there was probably people in New York and stuff too. But yeah, I, I think you're correct. That was like the first confirmed one. Yeah, it's weird because it you know we're coming up on a year, which in and of itself is man truly wild. Wow. I can't even. It's weird to to use that as kind of a benchmark of like it's almost been a year, but it has been. It wasn't that long ago, and yet it. Feel, I mean, it's it's such a blur, honestly. The details, especially early on, it was so. I don't know what it was. I, I feel like I never slept, and I was adjusting to this form of shock or something. But man, it, those early days were really tough. Oh yeah, and I I think there was like waves of things too. You know, it feels like everyone got crafty and really you know inspired, trying to do stuff indoors, and then that fell off. And we also assumed, I think for a while that it would just be a few months. So here we are now. I know. Well, yeah, that's, uh, it is wild to think, I mean, just at the prism of me starting this podcast and or, this was like in, I want to say in like May, somebody was like, so have you figured out, are you going to do, are you going to stop the podcast when it, when it's all over or, you know, like, what are you going to do? And now it feels like adorable and quaint to think that way, knowing, you know, eight months later, it's it's unfortunately raging, you know. I wish, yeah. I wish this podcast didn't exist because that would mean this isn't an issue anymore. Yeah, it would be too hard to book people. They're all outside doing <laughs> yeah. things. Like, oh shit, it's just me being lonesome in my house. But no, unfortunately, this is kind of what everybody should be doing. It's uh, man, it's wild. I, I don't know. If it's any consolation, I think we'll well we'll unfortunately have to be inside for a good long while. Even after, I think there's a lot of factors. So hey, maybe you'll be maybe you'll at least be able to keep this going. So. I'd say that is the thing, though. It whatever normalcy was before this is not. It's gonna. It's changed. Yeah, it'll be a new normal for sure. You know, life is. This is just a percentage of what 
life is at some point, you know, and humans are malleable and we adjusted to some extent during all this too, but you know, it's just like the, the ripple effect is ongoing. Mm-hmm. We're, we're social creatures and, and then be, having the layers between all of us is, is been difficult to transition for some folks. So absolutely. So how is Washington right now with everything going on? Is, is it under relative kind of, are they doing um, pretty good with it? Where I am, I think it's been doing it's doing better than some places, but I think it's still. I think the whole the whole U.S. of A. is a big yeah. kind of like you know, mar- it's like all the same color at this point. I'm not doing anything short of going out to store uh, the grocery store for, and I'm not even certain what the best strategy is. Like I'm trying to go in for as little amount of time and grab yeah. you know a dozen or so items. Sometimes my wife tries to go and get you know a bunch at once, so we don't have to go as often, and that feels awkward because you don't want to. I don't know. It, it always feels bad. I, I service workers. I, I had a job previous to Doughboys that I no longer have. And that was in the service industry. And I've always worked adjacent to customer service and food. And yeah, it's a, it's a, a thankless job. It, it's hellish even without a pandemic going on. So I feel so much for all those folks and I'm just trying to do my best to, yeah, stay indoors and stay away from everybody. So they, they won't get sick and I, I won't get them sick. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I know when it comes to, to like local businesses and restaurants too for me i'm trying to find that middle ground to where i'm not i'm not through the entirety of all this and not for quite a while probably gone in and eaten at a restaurant in a restaurant outside of a restaurant i can't do that like both out of you know self-preservation massive fear of getting it as somebody who's immunocompromised but then just the idea honestly it mortifies me more to, to the idea that of getting someone sick like, yeah, I would not be able to live myself. If Which that we happened. never, we never want to do anyway. But I feel no. like sometimes it would. It's different when you go over your buddies and and they're like, oh, I might have a cold, and then sometimes you'll get that cold, and sometimes you won't, and you you kind of roll the dice on that one. Yeah. But this is this is nothing to mess around with, and it's as as desperately as I miss all the places in my neighborhood that I used to go to consistently, and as much as I want them all to come back, I I'm too worried about it. I'm too worried about patronizing them. Like that, at least, uh, if I'm not taking yeah. doing takeout or, or a gift card or something. I know over here, and, and maybe we were just kind of behind the times a little bit, which I'm sure. I mean, I'm, I'm in Arkansas. But curbside has been a thing that's really proliferated in all this, mm. which is awesome because it gives you, a, you know, them a new revenue stream and allows people to frequent their place that they, you know, maybe didn't have time to stop in and make kind of a night of it. Yeah. So I've been doing that as a middle ground, and that's been really nice. It's been I really good to to help prop them up in all this that's yeah that's totally reasonable that's that's what i'm doing is is and you know of of course it's it's so easy to walk to a chain restaurant or something and just grab something quick but i'm trying whenever possible to get to get stuff for my wife and i uh yeah su- support local that's just the best i think that's a, a great call doing the curbside like that if you found yourself eating something more than anything else kind of returning to comfort foods or trying new things oh man most of my life is is comfort food and a lot of my comfort food is chain restaurant food unfortunately yeah. which i should be better about and at least i'm i don't drive so i, I do walk almost every occasion to these uh places to get my food so oh that's good i can at least uh i can at least say that but um yeah i'm a big burger fan um taco bell despite all of their uh <laughs> poor decisions recently is still tasty to me there's actually though there is like a nicer burger place and that's like a one-off spot just down the road from me that I really love. So I've, I've been grabbing burgers from them uh, pretty consistently too. And like some folks, I, I can barely boil water, but I have been trying to do a little bit of cooking and stuff in quarantine. And not that you can call assembling a sandwich cooking, but I've been making my own French dips and those have been really hitting the spot. I gotta tell you, 
a good sandwich. I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday. A good sandwich, pound for pound, stacks up for me to anything. You know, it feels like it's not it's not a die yard, but some places, you know, like I, I've not had Jersey Mike's. I know it was on Doughboys recently, hmm. but I desperately want to try it. But like your pot bellies and places like that, they make a hell of a good sandwich, and I could just easily eat that far more consistently than you know probably any other type of chain restaurant, honestly. Yeah, they're good. I need to like it. Sometimes it's just you know breaking through my own brain's barrier and just saying like you know it's really not that big of a difference you know a walk wise to go to you know I'll shout out like the other coast cafe here in Seattle which makes really great sandwiches hot and cold sandwiches and yeah I should probably just you know pull the trigger and do some of the more local spots more often but ah it's the it's the 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 draw of the the big chains I can't help it sometimes well you know and something could be said for getting exactly what you want when you want it yeah and knowing you know kind of a not an underrated thing but reliability mm-hmm. is a massive thing in food a place can be amazing but if i don't know quite what it's going to be from visit to visit i'm just less inclined to go there because not even to say like i want to spend my money this way it's more of just that i want if i want something man i want it to be what i'm expecting and so i can just like luxuriate in that that gives me relief and some like semblance of control in this place where we don't have control right now yes you're you're like ordering dominoes and you're like this is going to show up and taste exactly like i remember and it's going to be good and satisfy me tonight which speaking of which i did get dominoes recently and it didn't really hit the spot it was it felt like my order maybe hadn't had come out of the oven and then sat around to be delivered at first so Uh. that was that was that was one of those situations where you go to chains for consistency like you said and and maybe my taco bell you know is really knocking it out of the park every time but maybe my Domino's is struggling. And of course I have, you know, all the sympathy in the world. It's, it's tough out there right now, but, uh, Absolutely. but it's a bummer. Cause like you said, it, it, it goes against what feels like a good justification for eating at a chain, which is that, um, yeah, that consistency that, you know, you want it to be the same every time. So you don't feel disappointed. Yeah. They have a hell of an app, you know, there are some good fast food apps out there that mm-hmm. I've found in those that I've tried. I mean, the Taco Bell app is, it's very impressive how you can customize everything. It's great to the point where if I uh, have something that I really enjoy that I consistently customize on the app, now I feel hamstrung if I go through a drive-thru and I'm like, ooh, would it be a pain if I asked you to uh, grill that and yeah. add this thing? I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, you know, sometimes too where, I don't know, it's just the self-conscious thing where I, I'm like, I want to customize this. I want to change this up. And A, I don't have to dictate it to them so they don't have to deal with my bullshit. They can yes. just read it, which is good. But then also it's like, I customize it enough to where I'm like, we don't have to talk about it. You know what I did. I know what I did. Let's just agree. <laughs> I'll pay for it. I'll sheepishly make eye contact and we'll be done with it. Like until they, the next they've time. They've never added it. cheese to this item and you don't want to have to look <laughs> at that person and know that they made that for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah, I added rice to it. Yeah, I want some fries on the side. I admit it. <laughs> we just mentioned today that um I didn't realize you can add the the nacho fries to a couple kind of burritos and items. They'll put them in in it for you. And that that is mind-blowing to me, and I want to do that. (laughs) I've not tried that part yet. I've been very tempted to to add the fries in it. One thing I do do, 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 though, is uh, I get the sauces, like the whatever, the, the spicy ranch, and click the button to get it in a little container on the side. Yeah, that's great. Which is nice because then you can dip if you want to. And also, that's not pretty good. You can you can use it for a lot of other applications later on. Sounds like a good move to me. Yeah, then you then you have it to try on other uh, other stuff, non-Taco Bell or, or wherever it's, wherever you <laughs> wanted it from. 
Yeah, as a sauceman, I, I love a good sauce. <laughs> Give it to me on the side, I'm all about it. That's a logical progression as any, too. So you're the aforementioned associate producer of Doughboys. That's correct. Previous to this, you were a fan who then submitted drops while being a fan and then got hired. How did that come about? It's it's just been kind of like a, a little bit of a pretty organic journey. I've just, I've been a fan for years. Um, I saw them back, way back. Um, my, well, my first episode was Wendy's with Paul Rust, which would have been years and years ago, maybe like four or five years ago at this point. Yeah. And then when they came to Seattle on that, short Pacific Northwest tour. I think that was their first kind of time touring. They did Portland, Seattle, Vancouver, and I was able to see them here when they reviewed Dick's Drive-In, which was excellent. Um, Mm -hmm. The tiniest venue. You would never believe the Doughboys had played a spot that had like 100 people's for seating or whatever. (laughs) That's wild. Yeah, uh, very intimate. So that was amazing and just have been following them and been such a huge fan. At one point, maybe two or three years ago now, I wasn't really on Reddit a ton, but um, there was a Doughboys sub and I kind of, that was sort of my spot. And um, eventually the person who ran it was like, hey, I'm kind of stepping off Reddit and doing different stuff. Do you just want to take the reins? And some folks were like, oh, I thought he already was a mod because he just posted so damn much. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I took that over and I have other people in the team now since I have the official accounts to worry about. But that definitely helped fuel my fandom and um, kind of connected me with other people. And I've, you know, made made definitely friends through all of the community and, and, you know, like-minded people involved with the show. Eventually I, I've been led to believe that just sort of my, you know, speaking of consistency, um, I've always just strove to, uh, you know, post whenever they were guests on something, Nick and Mitch. Um, and I have just attempted to kind of rep them as much as possible Yeah, and, you know, and, you know, and do it, uh, as, uh, carefully as I could as far as like I always I I really want to make sure that the guests and the people featured are are you know represented and you know put out there because that's such a big part of the show so long story short I think that didn't go unnoticed and um when they had traveled to Seattle uh most recently which would have been almost coming up on a year now oh, wow. um they were in town on February 7th which is my my birthday and nice. That was a great show, and I got to see them live, and they kind of reached out, and we're sort of like, I thought we're sort of jokingly like, hey, where are you? Let's, why didn't we go out for a drink? And I was like, oh, shoot, I, I missed them, but I was out with my friends and stuff. But I was seeing them shortly after that in Vancouver, and we tried to get together again, and wires got crossed. They were crazy busy. They had a huge, long day uh, in Vancouver for that show, and it was excellent as well. But all of that led to them kind of reaching out and saying, you know, hey, we have sort of a position and we could use your help with a couple things and we've kind of taken notice and we would love if you would come on board. So, yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. It must be so surreal too. For that, I mean, that, that organic trajectory, you know, is. Yeah. It was humbling because I've only, I, you know, and I told them too, and, and, you know, Nick told me at the time, like, <laughs> you know, and he, I think, you know, he correctly, or we all incorrectly assumed he said, you know, obviously it would be ideal if, you know, if Mitch and Nick, or they were both rather in California at the same time, if I was there or something, it would make more sense for for this position to be closer to them, like how it mm-hmm. was for you, Song and Emma and whatnot. But because of the nature of the pandemic and everything that's been happening, I can do everything I'm doing remotely. So I said, you know, if you know when things change, if you need to go back to what you were doing, or if you need someone, you know, closer to home for you guys, I won't, I won't, 
take offense. It's just been a pleasure to work for them and kind of work behind the scenes and be a part of the show. Um, even just a small part for, you know, the, the ins and outs and booking, not even just, you know, they've been so gracious, even getting to be a chance to be on the show uh, a couple times now. It's been so awesome. I guess that is the question too. Like what all, I guess, are your responsibilities for the show? So my main responsibilities, I would say booking is a big one. So, um, it's, it's been hard because that's the fan part of me, like wants to be like, oh my God, I'm emailing Paul Rust, Mike Hanford, <laughs> Eva Anderson. I mean, all of these amazing people that I, I think are so funny and I have to just be very professional and say, hey, hi, would you like to come back on the Doughboys show? And my name is Robert and I hope yeah. you will and blah, blah, blah. But that is a big part of it. And I think it's just a load off to be able to um, reach out and just kind of plan stuff. And it's been going pretty good so far. We've been trying to we try to, you know, book a month or so out uh, whenever possible, just so that we kind of know what's coming down the pipe. And um, outside of that, I do all the social media posts. So I'm trying to get together, you know, kind of like the headshots and photos and uh, put all those out on the episode days. And then just like the normal parts of it too, just because I'm doing more things, I'm kind of like sorting and making lists and emails and trying to keep just kind of like all the thoughts or like, Hey, we have an idea for a double or like, you know, yeah. uh, you know, Hey, this might be a good, you know, if someone just rat, you know, randomly says, Hey, that might be fun. I'm trying to make sure I'm keeping track of all that. So we can go back to the well and kind of, you know, pull that out and just like normal stuff too, where they're like, they'll just say, you know, Hey, what, what about a segment? Do you, do you want to have an idea? Or like, what do you guys think of this? We'll kind of bounce stuff around. So it's been organic in that sense too. It's been fun to kind of see uh, how the sausage is made as it were. No, and that makes sense too. I, I feel like that something I guess you can ultimately equate it down to. It's a podcast about chain restaurants, sure. But I would imagine, yeah, that it's like deceptively logistically pretty complicated. Yeah, and I think um, you know, and I can take only a small amount of credit because the team behind it all, Nick and Mitch obviously are amazing hosts and I feel like I feel like they do such a good job of making their guests feel welcome and also sometimes draw their guests into a fun episode as well. I don't think I like, I don't think I hate any episode of Doughboys just because of the fact that Nick and Mitch are always there and they're always, you know, they're always a part of it. And Emma is a rock star. She is amazing. <laughs> she does so much for the show and she is rightly, you know, a, a dream producer just because now I get to hear episodes, you know, before they come out and you, I'm sure you know, like there's sometimes technological issues or, you know, mic quality, or there might be like little gaps or things in conversations or, you know, very, very few cuts usually on a Doughboys episode, but little edits here and there, or, you know, someone does another take of something. And it's just like a pleasure to see how that transforms from like the raw version to what everyone hears. And it just cements in my mind how good a work she does and and makes the show sound and then not to forget um susser as well like we he got a big shout out on an episode uh his episode in december but like he is really so awesome too and truly cares about the show and weighs in and helps make it a big part of what it is 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 his input too so it's yeah it very much thing. belies the persona of commissioner susser right of just give you a shit he goes in there and he has fun and he's great you know but yeah to your point about hearing him behind the scenes and kind of giving advice or thoughts you know sure and not to give you know and if, i'm sure he would love if he, maybe he wants people to think that it's uh less than that but uh <laughs> but uh no truly he's everyone is everyone on the team is has been so great and and you song as well because he has helped 
transitioned me into kind of the position that he had previously held. And I, yeah. obviously we still communicate for feedbacks and, and in the chats and stuff like that. And God, I'll, it's just, I couldn't have asked for, these are the best coworkers I've ever had in my life. So <laughs> that's, that's so nice to hear too. And like, yeah, that's kind of like the dream, right? Organically or otherwise, but just to go from, you're a fan of something and then you're a part of that, you know, of making what mm-hmm. it is. And I don't know, that just must be so fulfilling. Yeah. I, I'm, I should always be thankful for that. It's obviously, you know, day by day, there's, you know, there's always crazy things going on or sure. anxieties and whatnot. But um, I am quite thankful for that because I have, I have this and for however long it lasts, I'm, I'm really glad I do. No, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I guess in my, in my mind too, it'd be like, yeah, this is all a win. Yeah. Hopefully it keeps going as long as it does. And I know the podcast is going to be done in two years, right? <laughs> so <laughs> supposedly we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. My calendar doesn't go out that far and I'm going to follow their lead, <laughs> whatever they want to do. I kind of feel like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm one of the people that takes solace in the show still, even though I have to listen to it for a job and it's still, it, you know, it's, there's a, a very small percentage that, you know, it's, it's work now and not just, not just fun, sure. but, um, but it's been, a, a something to laugh at and, and put a smile on my face for in, in crappy times too. So I'm really happy that it's that, that for a lot of people. And hopefully there's the perspective that whatever Mitch and Nick end up doing, uh, if they stop the pod, I just hope it makes them happy. And uh, I would love if, if the people could hear them and, you know, experience, you know, them in something afterwards. But um, I think it'll be good either way. I think whatever whatever way Doughboys goes, if it keeps on going longer or if they decide to, to end it and do something different, I'm I'm down for whatever. No, I know what you mean. Like I, uh, again, I've only talked to each of them once, so I'm not exactly going to say that I know them by any stretch. But just having listened to their podcast for years and then talking to them once, I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's who they are, and they're wildly easy to root for. Yes, they're they're um, they're great guys, and um, they're they're kind of weird, um, but they're incredibly generous and kind, and um, it's just made working with them such a pleasure because it just. Yeah, I, I like I said, it, it just cements what, what people already assume, which is that they're good folks. And Mitch loves to play up, you know, that he's the heel on the show. And, you know, maybe they both like to get on each other's nerves or kind of, you know, hit those kinds of markers that drive each other crazy. But it's it's all in good fun. They're, they're yeah. just awesome. I was curious. I don't know if this is like an easy question to answer or one that will answer it all. But when... You know, being a listener before and then coming in and kind of getting an idea of the behind the scenes and the machinations of it, is there anything you were particularly surprised by? That's a good question. Um, there haven't been like a ton of like revelations as far as um, like I have like asked and I can't divulge, but I have asked. Sure. Nick and Mitch about a couple things that were like bleeped in the show. I was like, Hey, what was that one thing that was bleeped one time? Yeah. Cause I was like, Oh, screw it. I might as well ask them. Um, so, <laughs> so it was, it was fun just to get, just to get some confirmation on those sorts of things. I guess some revelations is like, you know, sometimes, and again, you know, to Emma's credit, sometimes you don't realize that like little, you know, chunks are like, uh, will be, be cut out or, you know, maybe, Nick and Mitch or Mitch will say like, Hey, you know, like this whole string of stuff I felt like didn't go anywhere when I was talking about it, you want to just lift it. And then, you hear it and don't even realize there was a gap there. So, yeah. so maybe people will be surprised to know that there are some some edits here and there. It's not all one you know one seamless shot for that. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything like super super crazy. Really, 
there's just been a couple, I, I, the juiciest stuff is stuff I can't talk about, you know? Like, That's right. Uh, yeah, stuff, I, know. You know, I wasn't even asking for that, but just like. I don't know, it's all good. But, you know, just like, you know, trying to book someone and it didn't kind of hash out and, and I'm kind of getting it all behind the scenes and, and no one will ever know that that didn't yeah. happen probably. But um, uh, Like the near misses as it were, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is one thing I was curious about. Not anything specific, but the other day I was just thinking about how, before talking to you, that the fact that, you know, Emma does the editing and producing it. I know that's been a part of the show. I think from the beginning of somebody kind of doing that part, but but you as an associate producer coming on to help logistically, it made me think of like, oh, Nick really held that thing together quite for quite a while on top of having an industry job. Is that something you got aware of of just like, he must have done a lot of work, I would imagine, early on. Yeah, and I think all of them, you know, sort of splitting all the work between them because I think, yeah. um, I, you know, I think Emma told me when she got on like, or for most of them, like the email parts and that the organizational parts of some of that is is not what they enjoy. So and not not that it's you know I'm like wringing my hands like oh boy emails, but <laughs> yeah. I do I do like to kind of organize and kind of keep things you know all together. So I feel like that was just like a natural fit, and I'm I'm doing my best. I'm hoping doing a good job, but yeah, it's been it's been nice to streamline things and just make it easier on them to to kind of make the show happen so knowing that nick and mitch and emma had shared that as well as you know you song taking on parts of that too it just makes me appreciate more i can i can literally go back and listen to an episode and be like man i know what it takes to get this person here get them on the mic make it sound good and put it out and and it's also like interesting and funny and it's it's just great it has a whole new layer to it yeah i imagine yeah getting that it's kind of like you're looking at a sculpture and you take two steps to the right and although it's not a dramatic difference necessarily, you're seeing you're seeing a whole different piece of art because you're just seeing it from a t- just enough of a strategic difference to where it's like, oh, you know, that changes, that gives me a totally new perspective on this. Mm, yeah. I know that you'd said too that uh, part of this was that I guess you started, you started during the pandemic, is that right? Or before it? Yes, I think, yeah, it would have been, yeah, it would have been, oh man, I'm trying to think now. It was, um, I want to say it was in... April or May, maybe. So, April yeah. or May. I was curious. I don't really know. It's kind of, a, again, a minutiae question. How difficult is the is the organization of Mitch has to get his food where he is, Nick has to get his food where he is, and they have to figure out where to go that allows both of them to do a place? Does that yeah. make sense? No, that's a great question, and that's that was something that I tried to put together when, when Nick asked about that because when we knew that Mitch would be going back to Boston, for example, and famously, you know, does for usually at least a couple months, and, and yeah. at this point, yeah. more than a few months, um, just with given everything going on. Yet we quickly realized that we needed a chain list that encompassed everything in Boston and LA, and then the hope being that, of course, the guests can also access <laughs> one of those locations yeah. as well. So the list isn't huge um, for those particular spots, and I'm sure it's no surprise that there are larger chains that might have been covered already, but um, that is the reason. And, you know, the show's in its fifth, you know, year or maybe yeah. six, fifth, almost sixth year. So no surprise that we're hitting, you know, twos and threes on some of these places sure. uh, sequel wise. But that was something that we pretty quickly knew we had to kind of get locked down. But we have a couple interesting ones on the horizon, um, guests that we're pitching for right now. And I think even if they're revisits, I think they'll be fun, uh, fun apps. So. Well, yeah, I mean, not to date the podcast, not that this will be out too much later anyway, but I mean, even today, the uh, Phil Rosenthal episode. Yes was first of all when he popped up i was like oh that's awesome because i somebody feed phil was a great show that i really like and he's such an affable nice guy and to hear him giving 
Nick so much shit is a just a delight. So funny. It was very funny. I think he was being pretty good natured about it. And and Nick, to his credit, pushed back too. He said, you know, he said, hey, I I can like fast food and fancy food. And <laughs> he also said, hey, maybe I don't want to travel, and that's fine with me. As part of this too, the taking kind of geography out of the picture for for certain guests, and you know, not having to meet them in a certain place or something, is that from what you understand at least, is that allowed just for a more diverse group of people like to guest on the show? Um, I think it's been yeah, I think it's been nice. I think um. We strive to, we obviously have a lot of fan favorites, and I think there's folks that would be, I think there's a lot of fans that would love, you know, if if we always just had, you know, always had Paul Rust and Gabrus and, you know, uh, you know, a million, you know, if we always had Claudia on and and different people like that, but um, obviously, realistically, it's just not easy to get them all, you know, as often as we wish, and part of the thing I love about Doughboys is I've discovered uh, so many guests through them. And part of that is because they've, you know, given folks a chance that I hadn't previously heard of. Maybe that's one of the things I appreciate so much about the show. And one of the reasons I loved kind of organizing and becoming a fan of it is they really cared about and, you know, pushed forward, you know, the guests and what they're doing and their projects. And so I really appreciate about that about it. And um, yeah, as far as guests go, I think we're always just trying to, look at what people have maybe mentioned in the past or folks that, you know, we've, we have, you know, said, oh God, we've wanted them on for, you know, a year or two oh, and yeah, we've yeah. never done it. And then also kind of sprinkle that in with, well, people love this person and we want to have them back and this would be a great app. So let's do that. And I think the balance is also like, we know that, you know, there are friends of Nick's and Mitch's that would probably be easily available for a sure. record. And then there's people that we have to roll the dice and kind of reach out for the first time and say like, Hey, hi, you know, want to come on? Yeah. Hope that they understand the show. Hope that they're game. Even if they're not, I think that's fine. I actually like, I sometimes like the perspective of someone coming in. Da- uh, John Daly's a good example. His first episode, he had never heard the Doughboys before and, and, you know, was a little vexed, I think at times. And then <laughs> his second episode, he's a full on fan. It was great to, great to hear. <laughs> He was great on it too. Like he was I mean, not that he he always seems like such a nice like game for anything oh, yeah. type guest, but to hear him like as a fan, you know, I always like it too when a guest almost like comments on it like in a meta way of like, Oh, oh, so this is the part where we do this thing. Yes, they're covering that's always the, the well worn territory, but they're like, Wait a minute, <laughs> you're telling me you just, you know, rid out of forks and you think this is five of them? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. You know, it does speak to them to both of them though. And again, I you know, I, I think something could be said for the show is that they are both authentic people. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, sure, it's, you know, heightened for comedic effect yeah. to some degree and which makes complete sense. But they are, that is who they are. And they get along so well. And it's like this chemistry, this kind of alchemy, you just, you cannot duplicate it. And that goes such a long way. And I think that they, you know, to hear them do their patter back and forth as a guest is waiting. And this is a guest who, like a Phil Rosenthal, who hasn't heard the show. But Phil Rosenthal, for example, and others, they just get in it immediately because they're so naturally inclusive. Like, yeah, it's like, how can you not kind of get caught up in something so infectious? Yeah, their, yeah, their rapport is, yeah, is definitely infectious. And I, yeah, I love that about it. Yeah, it's it's so fun. There's So yeah, that's, that's the kind of thing. I think that geographically, kind of back to what you said, I think, I, I think it's been nice because i feel like the pressure to say well we would love to have this guest on but they can't come down to mitch's house and record in person yeah has now you know dissolved completely and so it feels like we can reach out to you know further afield of course but also it feels like the people that even we're in the same town but we're just constantly busy with something else well more time is being made and and you know things have shifted so now we're all so much more online it, it kind of opens things up 
yeah, it's pretty, you know, it's been cool to hear, yeah, this different guests that might not have, I mean, who's to say, obviously, but different guests, yeah, when you can take L.A. traffic out of the equation, let me rephrase that, my perception of L.A. traffic out of the <laughs> equation, and, uh, you know, it, things are a little bit more, I would imagine it's, you know, since you're not meeting up as much to eat the food, sometimes together, and you talk about the experience, and granted, that is part of it, too, but it's sure. also that you can have a little bit more control over your own timeline. That goes a long way and offers, possibly, for some people, less reason to say no. Yeah, and I and I... Of course, I miss, you know, so fun for them to go with the guests to a chain, yeah. sit down, eat, discuss. I feel like you get you get so much material just out of those interactions and them recounting them uh, back on the show. Um, but it's definitely, it's changed it up, but I don't think it necessarily in a bad way. I think, I mean, I'm biased, but I think that for a, a podcast where they had to travel together to get food and eat it, we've survived and thrived and i feel like some of the best steps they've produced have been during quarantine so absolutely especially when the alternative is you know not doing the show like you know <laughs> yeah. adapt or die and they did a great job of doing that and making it its own thing you know and it's like anything else you if you don't change it people complain that it's stale and derivative but if you do change it and it's like this isn't the show we did you know, it just is what it is, but I think they've done a great job, and it's been really cool to hear them kind of evolve with the times as we're all evolving yeah. as listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I don't want to take up too much of your time, but uh, no what all do you want to point people toward before I wrap it up? Um, well, I obviously, the Doughboys podcast, but that hardly needs a, a shout out. <laughs> if you haven't, so if you somehow are listening to this and haven't heard it, uh, I don't know what to tell you, but it's... And you've been very confused, but for a vast majority of yes, it, Yes, I would say so. Um <laughs> Um, and then I have, uh, as you mentioned up top, my uh, podcast, Gentlemen Overlords, which um, I do with a couple of buddies of mine. Uh, we talk about movies and TV, general pop culture stuff. It's a really novel concept. It's uh, <laughs> three guys talking to each other on a podcast. Um, but uh, no, it's it's good fun, and, and it gives us an outlet to kind of talk about all the stuff that we're consuming in quarantine as well. So That's check awesome. it out. Awesome. Yeah, thank you again for being on. This was great. Of course. Thank you all for listening. Please wear a mask. Please stay safe. Hey, eat fast food. Enjoy your life. YOLO. We still say that, right? Yeah, we say say YOLO. Happy YOLO. Thank you again for listening. Goodbye. Bye.